This episode of the Metal Sucks Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, who's got more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at audible.com slash metal. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell you doing? Uh, Chuck here. Godless. As are we all. Oh, I tell you what, it's a special episode, if for no other reason than I've got Godless in the same room with me it's right like now. like the old days. It is like the old days. Holy crap, this is amazing. I haven't seen him in months because he's been off in Ireland doing whatever the hell those Irish people do over there. And he's back in the States. We had a chance to sit down with Max Cavalera live this week, and you were in town. And now we're, we're like, fuck it, we're going to record this thing live. We'll Hell do yeah. it live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. Uh, Metal Sucks podcast brought to you this week by Black Sabbath, the end tour. Now it ends. The final tour by the greatest metal band of all time, Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne, Tony, Tony Iommi, that guy, Geezer Butler. They close out the final chapter in the final volume of the incredible Black Sabbath story. For full dates and ticket information, go to LiveNation.com. Also brought to you by Creative Live. You want to learn how to record music? Well, you can do so at creativelive.com. They've got classes, uh, engineering, mixing, mastering, all taught by your favorite artists between the Bear to Me, Converge, Periphery, Dillinger, Escape Plan, creativelive.com slash audio. You want to learn more, watch them free previews. they got a cool one coming up called Fix It in the Mix. November 24th, Kurt Malou. You might know this man. <laughs> he's, uh, he's done some incredible work over the years at the uh, God City Studios. And he's he's just a madman. You remember, Isle was like saying to that one one of the bands on One Minute to Midnight. Yeah. He's like, they got to go to Kurt, yeah, because he the, he's the right guy for this type. Because it's like it's it, he's got some you know specific abilities to do certain things with like noisy bands, and he he's just got a great thing. But this class is actually about like if you've got a shitty recording, what can you do to fix it in right. mastering and mixing? Well, and everybody know. knows that there's some there's in your band there is a weak link. There is one weak link at least, right? Just like in this podcast, well, I know. There, but you know how it is. It's like it's like I mean, Max talks about it about how like you know in the first few albums that Sepultura did, Paolo didn't play nothing. Yeah, they wouldn't let him anywhere near the bass. They're like, nah, I'll get it, you know. <laughs> and so, but they, if they did let him touch the bass, they're fixing it in the mix. Yeah, they're, they, you got it because he was their weak link. He might still be Sepultura's weak link. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying. It's like, it's like yeah. you need to know how to do it. And if you're a band, you're the guy. You're If you're listening to us, you're the guy who cares about your stuff. Yeah. And your bassist doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fix it in the mix. <laughs> Fix it in the mix. It's like an all day thing, like 9 a.m. or something. Yeah, West Coast yeah, time, I think it is. Saying, like, yeah. Until like, you know, six o'clock of East Coast time. You know? Pretty much a master class. If yeah. You will. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's pretty cool, man. Hey, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on iTunes and all that good stuff, man. Search Metal Sucks Podcast. You'll find it. Uh, become a subscriber. Leave us a couple stars. Tell us that we suck. Find us on Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. That way, if you're subscribed, you get it automatically. Otherwise, MetalSucks.net every Monday. That's when we post this sucker. You can get it there. If you want to leave us a message, we got a speak pipe at the bottom. Give us a topic starter, that sort of thing. This week, we've got Max Cavalera, as I mentioned oh, before. Yeah. 
We decided to come out of the box and do a little bit uh, something different. We did a live on-stage interview with uh, with Max Cavallari. It was a little funky because we had to go early, so like it was like really early, so there wasn't really a crowd there. But it, yeah, it was kind of a yeah. It's one of those things. It happens. It's, it's a first try. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to be doing more of these on yeah. the seventy thousand tons of metal uh, cruise. So if you can make that trip. Yeah. count on us being there now it's gonna you know i think this interview ended up being really good no it was fun dude it was fun you know as as far as like me not trying to tell weird stories in the middle of it other than that <laughs> like i get mixed up in my head sometimes and i'll start talking about something and forget where i was going with it especially when you're sitting there in front of max cavalera you're like uh-huh. i love you i just want to hug you because you're awesome <laughs> he's staring in my eyes i know man <laughs> he's looking into my soul right now i just love listening to him talk it was yeah. funny because somebody had posted on uh, on my facebook when i mentioned that we were doing it's like all i want to hear him say is territory <laughs> and when he did i was like oh my god he said territory i'm totally, I'm totally cut that out for that for that fan i was like that's awesome dude the other thing is that like when you think about like when most people talk about like the mount rushmore metal you're talking about guys who like came out in 81 yeah you know that's and and most everybody's kind of agreed on that but then you talk about that second wave of metal which you know is 87 88 89 mm. i mean maybe chuck school diners on that maybe phil anselmo or dimebag daryl but max cavalera without a doubt no arguments and if you do argue you get a foot in the teeth from everybody <laughs> well, on the first wave of mount rushmore so. well and also you want people that are iconic on that you know and you want that dreadlock that's hanging yeah. down in there you want that out there you want i still say king diamond because you need something with some face paint on it you know definitely he covers so many genres dimebag of course and then you know the last one who would the, who the hell would that I don't be know, I don't know. I mean, that's a tough one right there yeah. man would it be so but it would have to be somebody from the old school and well and no we, this and is and the second want, wave though yeah we don't want lars though you i mean know? We, we don't you, want to uh, come up with something otherwise the dude from corn gets on there you know what i mean <laughs> we already have dreadlocks <laughs> sorry max has already got the dreadlock shit covered sorry john you can't you can't get up there mr davis and i can just picture you like some, somebody going i'm not doing fred durst because i can't do a damn baseball cap you know <laughs> just, yeah but it's backwards so it's just like you know it's, it looks like a bad comb over or something man but dude max cavalera i mean if you were to try to do like a greatest hits of max cavalera it's like three albums long. But what's great is, you know, watching a Soulfly show, it's pretty much a greatest hits of everything he's done because he goes back and he plays that old Sepultura stuff. You know, the, the shit you want to hear. He plays yeah. Roots. He plays uh, Chaos AD. He plays that stuff. And it's like, oh, it's always fun watching them because that's what I want to hear. Yeah. You know, it's what I want to hear. It and, really is. And I mean, I love Soulfly. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love the shit they're doing now. But but damn it, when I when I see Max, I love that encore where they're where they're playing that shit and then pull out the primitive and some of the other old yep. Soulfly stuff. It's like yeah, perfection. His shows give me chills. Like there's not there. I mean, you can count the number of bands that give me chills on one hand. Right. He, he consistently gives me chills. I, and I gotta say, I went and saw Sepultura for the first time without Max and? this past summer. No chills. No. It was yeah. I, no, I, it's it's very sterile. I, I feel bad because, I mean, all respect in the world. They've been doing it for a long time, and they deserve a certain amount of respect for totally. what they do. But when you hear somebody else who's been forced by other guys in the band to sing the lyrics to Inner Self, the lyrics of which basically say, I won't, I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. Yeah. That, to me, doesn't feel right at all. Yeah. It just doesn't fit. It's 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 wrong. It's yeah. wrong to force them to to sing it. Mm-hmm. And I, I you know you got a whole generation of people who grow up thinking that this is Sepultura, 
and you know uh, it is what it is yeah but well God it was, we, and we've we talked about that on the show before you know where it's like man okay if if, if andres would have taken that band and, and not called it sepultura and did something else I'd totally be fine with it. Like, and probably they could have done the same music that they've done from then on and just called it something different. And I would have been totally fine with it and totally on board. But, yeah. you know, just the fact that they kept the name, it's like, oh, damn. But we talk a little bit about that in this interview. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. We're also going to talk about the, the, this whole Jill Janis stuff that's going on and, uh, and why, well, Huntress. <laughs> what does it, what does it mean? Uh, to have a psychotic break what what does it really mean right i mean and there's some interesting stuff i mean not only just in the statements that they were talking about but also i think rhombus posted like a peanut gallery about the the response from the fan or from metal sucks people the commenters and stuff like that and how this was going to turn and we all knew that it's just going to be oh fuck that bitch that's a crazy bitch you wouldn't be talking about like we're going to need some of that because it's yeah, it's gotten rotten here and there, and then the story is just way convoluted. So and we're, we're playing a Soulfly song. Yeah, and we're uh, not going to play a Hunter song. No, we're playing <laughs> Abigail Williams. Yes. Yeah. Score. Rock and roll. roll people. I'm going to get that shit on here, whether you like it or not. The album is so good, man. <laughs> so I'm going to play some off the Accuser. But really, when we got to sit down with Max, you had just read uh, MacGyver's uh, Joel MacGyver's book, the autobiography of Max. What was it called yeah, again? Um, uh, it's uh, Roots. Uh, my bloody roots. My bloody roots. Yeah, and I and I, I read it uh, right before we did our Slayer. Uh, oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, episode where we did the the um, uh, what do we call it the uh, the listening party. Listening yeah, the party. Listening yeah, because yeah. we had Joel on that episode, yeah. and the dude is an amazingly great writer and and extremely talented. He wrote super a, nice guy, by the way. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. You met him in person. Yeah, yeah. He came down for another person that he is doing yeah. uh doing a book on yeah. okay i'm not at liberty to say who it was <laughs> uh but uh somebody who lives here in austin yeah. and um and yeah he's uh he's a nice dude dude but uh but uh you need to i realized something else this week that i can't that i can't read because i thought about i was like you know i i, I want to read that book but I can't read it because it's not because I can't read. It's because I can't see. Uh, I, I'm freaking blind, man. I finally uh, went to the doctor and I need I need actually need bifocals. Like, and I don't know that I want to get bifocals because I don't want to be a bifocal oh, dude. Man. I just don't want to be. And but what's great is is that at Audible.com you can go and you can actually listen to these books instead of having to sit and read it. And I mean, I, and I'm don't get me wrong. I want you to read books. I want to, if you can, if you. But for somebody like me who's in the car an hour a day and I'm sitting there and I'm uh, I'm listening to you know just some bullshit that's on the radio that I can't get you know I can't or I'm listening to my iPod so I'm listening to some metal again or whatever. But this is actually a way to get yourself some new information and some cool stuff into your into your catalog. And and do it while you're either doing nothing on the subway or on the car or whatever in your commute, and do it uh, nice and easy at audible.com. You can get yourself a free audiobook and a 30 day trial today by signing up at audible.com/slash/metal. So I suggest you check it out. And Nothing who knows? to lose. You know, like right now, I don't think that MacGyver's book about Max is up there, but I think his one on, um, oh, it's uh, My Life with Death. It's the new David Elson one, right. right? I think that one's up there. So that's one I wanted to check out. And also, you know, anything to do with Star Wars. There's like a lot of, there's a whole <laughs> canon with Star Wars. You know what's funny out. is like, like I think they've got Paul Stanley's autobiography, oh, yeah, right? that's right. And that's like, right, I yeah. think Face I, the music or I think I read that on my Kindle sitting in traffic, which is not the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other cool thing is when you think about it, it's like, I think the one with uh, the David Elson one is narrated by David Elson. Oh, so to hear cool. that in his own words. Yeah. 
is really cool. Like, I, th- I think that's a really cool way to do it. So check out audible.com slash metal and get yourself a free audio book today. It'd be hilarious if, if they had Mustaine narrate da- David Ellison's autobiography. Oh, wow. And then try, and, you know, just to listen to him, like, try not to comment on what things Ellison says. Now, that would be an audible. You hear just, like, the tinge of sarcasm there in the background when he gets to, like, stuff where he thought, where Dave thought he was important. You know, remember yeah. everybody? Oh, he thought he was important when he got the MTV news thing with the do 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 Yeah, but that didn't really. Uh, yeah. All right, let's get into our interview with Max Cavalera. This was live recorded in front of an audience of a couple of people, but we didn't really do any Q&A. We were on stage at uh, the Empire Control Room and Garage. Thank you guys very much, by the way. Come and take it, Productions. There. Thank and you. Come and take it. Uh, Tony, you guys are awesome, and thank you for letting us do this thing. It was really cool. Uh, Max Cavalera of Soulfly, uh, Sepultura, Cavalera Conspiracy on the Metal Sucks podcast. Oh! Max, welcome. Welcome back to the to the Metal Sucks podcast, man. We love having you on, dude, and it's uh, it's great to have you back in Austin again, too. Thank you. Good to be here. I've been looking at like you know the liner notes for the new Soulfly record, and I see a lot of different people that are all over it. One of the things that I've noticed about you, I've been you know listening for years and reading interviews and seeing what you do. When you talk about metal, you talk about metal like you are not just playing it. But you're listening to it. You're part of it. You're like listening to people. And somebody asks you, what are you listening to right now? You can name off all these bands, not just the ones that are on tour with you right now. But you got like, you've got stuff in your iPod that you're listening to that you're loving. Most people can't do that. Uh, I'm a metalhead, you know. <laughs> I sold my soul to metal when I was a kid, and it's forever, you know. I, I love it, man. I love the metal energy, and discovering new bands became kind of a hobby of mine. And uh, you just get hooked on it man and just keep doing you know and then i uh, get to work with some pe- some of those people it's been really great like todd from nails on the on the new archangel and matt from king parrot on um also on archangel um yeah you know so uh, it, it it is really awesome you know a lot of those guys are big fans of my work from a long time you know some of them are, go back to sepultura days and um, it, it's it's really really killer. And as far as the influence, I think that's what is really cool. Is like like I get influence from these new bands, and they get influence from my old stuff. So it's really mixed in there, you know. Yeah. Like I, you know, I don't know if rip off is the right word, but you know, <laughs> you you hear a riff, like there's a riff on on the new on the Archangel that was totally low. Based on a uh, the Grinder riff, and and then when Todd first wrote me a, a letter, he said that on Silent Death they had a part that was pretty much ripping off territory, <laughs> you know. So it's cool, you know. It's it, it goes around, you know. Like we we feed off each other and well, I think keeps that was this like, thing going. I think that was like the cool one of the coolest stories that you had said about like how getting Matt from King Parrot on the record was that you know you were doing i guess it was killer be killed in australia yeah. right and ran into those guys and just kind of mentioned in passing you want him on a record he shows up in phoenix and the next thing you know you guys are doing it well i was a fan already i knew that you know i i had heard the record and i seen the videos and and uh you know i was already a big fan of them by the time i got to australia i was 
King Parrot fan. We then got to meet Matt in person. It's really cool. He's a he's a very energetic guy, you know, yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, and a very interesting guy too. So uh, I make the, uh, the the invitation for him in in Australia to be part of the album. And we just work out later the details, uh, you know, the the when and and where to do it, you know. And it was it, it worked out really good because the night before he did it, he played Phoenix. I went to the show. And I was in my car, so I got to play him the tune. You know, I was like, "Check out this! This, this is the song you're gonna sing on." You know, because that was tomorrow, uh, the day after he was in LA with Matt Hyde, and uh, came out great. I really loved it. He's got such a unique voice, and the show was awesome. Really, really great show. And uh, I loved all this collaboration. I want to do more, and I, I think it's cool. Other bands are doing too. The new Lamb of God has Greg and Chino. Mm-hmm. You know. More bands should do that. I mean, if it, if every band had it, how cool would that be, right? Like if the Slayer album had uh, some other guy singing, the Metallica album had some other people singing, every metal record with, with some guests. I mean, that would have been really cool. I would like to see that, you know, so the more the better. Was there a time in your career where you felt almost lonely in the songwriting and recording process just because you didn't have these people or didn't have collaborators? Well, the collaboration started early in, in the Sepultura world. I think Schizophrenia, uh, there was a song called To the Wall that was written with a friend of ours from a band called Chacao. And uh, Beneath the Remains had Kelly Schaefer from Atheist um, helping me with the lyrics for Stronger Than Hate. And then, um, of course, Chaos ID, we asked Jello Biafra to write the lyrics for Biotech is Godzilla, you know, being a big punk fan. I love Jello's work and I love his, you know, kind of like black comedy, you know, the, the things that, that he does, like Rambozo and, and uh, Holiday in Cambodia, you know, I couldn't wait to what he was going to name my song. And then he, he hit me up, like, I'm calling it. Biotech is Godzilla, and I almost melted. <laughs> you know, like he was like, "This is too cool," you know. So, uh, I like to. I always, always like to be involved with that. Other musicians, you know, I feel very comfortable with with other guys, with other music, apart from my own band. Um, and I've been in a bunch of different albums. Uh, lately, the Melakash was one of my favorite ones. Acacia String. Um, the new Jungle Rot, I do a thing on, on the record. Um, so, yeah, you know, so uh, Mamas Die, I did a thing on their album too. So, um, a lot of uh, some of those underground bands ask me to do stuff, and I think Todd asked me from Nails to do something on the Nails record. So, we're going to have uh, a back to back. You know, he was in the Soulfly record, I'm going to be on the Nails record. So, that's going to be cool. It's interesting that you bring up Melakesh because it's when I think of like, one of the most exciting things that's happening in metal over the last, you know, 10 years or so, it's these bands that are doing what you did back in the 90s, which is taking their culture in and, and putting it into metal. And, I mean, was there, like, a, an aha moment for you at some point where you went, this, this, is, this is where I need to go with, with my music next? Not an aha moment. It happened gradually. It was was a little bit of, like... A slow discovery it kind of started with I think Arise is the first record that we had a little bit of tribal 
there were some tribal intros and stuff like Altered State. And then, of course, Chaos AD, we went heavier. You know, Igor was experimenting with Brazilian rhythms. That's the intro of Refuse and Resist is, is really very samba uh, influence, kind of timbale kind of stuff. And, and then we did Kaiovas, which is instrumental, um, acoustic, you know, and a song about the Indians that rather than have the government take their land away committed mass suicide, you know. So it was a heavy thing. It was, a, it was big in Brazil, you know, and... Uh, yeah, so it was little by the roots was the big record that we decided to go deep into the Brazilian roots. Um, it took us to go outside Brazil to have some value of what Brazil had. You know, when we were there, we we were uh, exposed to all those things, but we didn't really notice them. It was after we left that we started noticing them more. And I'm I'm really I think it's totally true what you say. Like I love what Malakash and those bands are doing. Cathonic uh, from uh, uh, were they Taiwan? I yeah, think yeah. yeah. Trying to do it, but that, none of that would have happened unless you had done it first. You know, so it's, it, I love it. I think it's great, and uh, the more the better. You know, more of that kind of. And I love that metal is coming from different parts of the world today too. We got Asso and so many Psychroptic, You know, from Tasmania and. Uh, our penance from Italy, you know, um, warmed from Spain. It's not only U.S. and England anymore. You know, it's different. You know, aborted from Belgium. Great stuff, man, from all these crazy, weird countries that you wouldn't expect it. You know, in Toronto, you know, a great, another great band. Uh, so I, I think it's great that metal is coming from different parts of the world. It's, I, it's I, exciting. I don't, I don't know if people can appreciate the idea now that when you came out in 1986, <laughs> where were we going? I think Best Show came out in 85. 85, yeah. okay. So like, people don't appreciate now like just... To say that you guys came from left field <laughs> is an understatement. The, uh, the yeah. odds were so stacked against you. And, and yeah. it, it is surprising to me now when I hear people go, oh, well, you know, the, uh, Monty, as your publicist, was able to promote the fact that you guys were exotic. Well, there were plenty of things that were considered exotic, and they were ignored because of that. But you guys had it, I mean, r- from schizophrenia on. Yeah, we had a couple of things actually kind of, kind of bother us. There was a, a T-shirt. The Roadrunner made said "Welcome to the Jungle" in the back, and that pisses off back because it was a the Guns N' Roses song. You know, we're all like, "Fuck this, we're not Guns N' Roses, man." You know, and uh, and I remember our first uh, U.S. tour. Some people came and meet us, and like, "You guys are white." I, th- I thought you guys were gonna be all black or you know dark color, and the people were kind of in shock that we were normal looking you know <laughs> we look like you guys <laughs> not much difference you know yeah, but you guys are uh, crazier yeah we had we had a chip on our shoulder you know coming from um coming from brazil and make it you know like we were considered the worst band in the world when we started like i think there was an article that actually printed that and um those things are more a, g- a good motivation for you to keep going yeah. when you get called the worst man in the world you know <laughs> it's just like it's, it's say, didn't Rolling Stone like pan Led Zeppelin too or the same. <laughs> so I mean, you know. you know, those things motivate you. You know, a lot of uh, you know, 
what, what's what's that that, that said? Uh, you get more from your enemies than you get from your friends, you know. So I think uh, we feed off on that, and uh, we were like in Brazil, only a few people liked us, and but we were sending our stuff outside and pe- for people like Monty and Don K and. You know, I was in contact with Chuck from Death and the Morbid Angel guys and just trying to spread our word, you know, demo tapes before the internet, you know. So it was a different world. <laughs> I, never got, I never got the sense when reading your autobiography that before you and Igor started making music together that you, like, heard riffs in your head or that you were driven to something unique it was like i just want to do this music does that make sense but did you have something that was sort of like no i've got a different voice here and i need to put it out there well the the singing thing came up by mistake because we fired a singer because he was wagner wagner he ended up forming sarcophago and uh we had a beef with him because he was stolen our stuff and selling, and we, we got really mad about that. You know, it's like you can't do. It. You're in a band. It's it's a, about brotherhood. You know, you can't have a guy in your you know brotherhood selling your shit and and making money on the side, and so that pisses us off. And we, so we fired him, and we, instead of go look for another guy to sing, I think it was my brother. It's like, why don't you just fucking sing? You know, like just just do it. You know, he can do it. You can do it. You know that those type of things. And um, so we try out Necromancer, the first uh, the first song uh, as a demo with me singing, and came out great. And so it was like from that moment on, never stop. You know, and I never check my vocals. I never go to doctors, anything like that. It's, it's working. It's good. It's it's fine. But it was nothing like, sorry, that like, I, I want to sing about this. People need to hear this. Or I want to, I want to, I've got a riff in my mind. Even before you've got a guitar in your hand, you know? A little bit of that, but it was more like, you know, that, that feeling of um, that you, you got when we got on the stage. It was like, for me, it was like almost like feeling like possessed. It was like, um, I was a totally different person on stage than off stage, and it was really intense, and I really liked that. I don't know. I, I fell in love with that. And, um, um, apart from that, it was like having your idols on your wall and be like, one day I'm gonna do that, you know. You know, we I, we used to have you know, uh, you know, Venom posters, Metallica posters, you know, and that's that's inspiring when you look at the, you know when you're a kid in Brazil, you look at your wall, you're like one day I'm gonna do that, and you put that in your mind and you work for it until you get it. Then once once you got that, you want something else. <laughs> that's that's just how it goes. Yeah. Do you still feel that way? Like like you're a different creature when you get on stage versus versus off? I try. I try to get that possession thing going. Yeah. You know, I try. I sometimes. Well, a lot of times, you know, it's like really like you got to remember the lyrics and remember the riffs and all that. Like it's more mechanical, you know, mechanic stuff. But from, from time to time, I like to get lost in a moment with the rhythms and just try to get possessed as I can. And uh, it happens from, from you know show to show. It's it's really cool. When it happens, it's really cool. I love it. It's like a, I don't even know where I am. You know, it's 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 crazy. When we talked to John Paul from Clutch a few months ago, I guess it was now, and he was talking about how if you've got a plan B, that's your plan A. And you guys never seem to have a plan B. This no. was what you had to do. 
that's it. We quit school. Um, you know, so that was out. School was out. And, uh, getting any kind of degree was out. Um, so we told our mom that's what we're going to do. And we took it very seriously, you know. So we just, like, like a mission. Like nobody's going to stop. We're doing this. And it seems like you know? here you are doing something that most moms would think is like incredibly... A, probably <laughs> stupid, and B, just rebellious, right? Yeah, and your yeah. mom was not. Your mom supported what you did. Well, not, not right at first. Yeah? She, she rebelled a little bit. She tried to get us on the right track and, and uh, failed because we were <laughs> committed. We were, like, so committed. You that know? tattoo of hers proves it, right? Yeah. You know, so it was like uh, there was a cousin that tried to, to get me to the right track. He even, like, um, he offered me to cut my hair. He will buy me... Uh, an imported album which ended up being Ride the Lightning I end up cutting my hair you know I say fuck it the hair will grow back you know <laughs> I get an imported album I got a, I got Ride the Lightning my favorite Metallica album and um, so but we were in, on a mission you know it's like uh, yeah you know you're gonna, we're gonna get it we're gonna there's, there's no plan B in fact um, later on when I started doing tattoos that's what I did my my next tattoo that was for myself to tell myself that I'm no longer can be accepted by society. So if this fails, like I can't go work on a, you know, uh, Safeway or, yeah, or, or, or McDonald's yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or, or hospital because I have this fucking neck tattoo. Nobody's going to hire me. So I better make this fucking music thing works. You know, so that kind of mentality, you know, it's like, like you don't give a shit. And, and you do something that makes sure you don't need need a plan B. <laughs> I don't know, I <laughs> Make like sure the, the plan of, A works. I kind of like the thought of Max Cavalera as the kindergarten teacher, though. Right? That's sort awesome. of, that's sort scary. Of, uh, oh, so, something plays off pretty well with that. The, the ABCs. <laughs> yeah, or that, a lawyer. Yeah. I can be your lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you wrote it. Okay, so I'm going to read something from the book. That's all right. So you, you said, although my father's death with, was horrible... It made us find our purpose in life. He, if he had never died, we might never have become musicians. His death has so much to do with what happened to me in my later life. Right. And, and that, I mean, it, I think that, that that's probably incredibly true, but it had to be your mom after that and what she was able to do for you and your brother as well. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I mentioned that because it was a crucial thing because... Uh, when my dad was alive, we didn't really care for music at all. We, we only like soccer, you know. That's all we, we like. And um, going to the beach on the weekends and um, that's it, you know. And so we, we didn't really have any, any – we, we didn't even like music. My dad liked music. He came home every, every day. He had a break from work from um, 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock, like siesta, like they do in Spain. They, they had that in Brazil. And you'll come home and just listen to music uh, for three hours, you know, mostly opera, you know. But I did find Black Sabbath in his record collection, so <laughs> had a little bit of, of metal in him. Um, but it never really showed on us until he, after he died. Because after he died, we became really poor right away because he didn't have any, any uh, insurance plan because he was very young, you know, so... Um, we we were we were forced to go back to Belo Horizonte and live with our grandma, and had a whole bunch of shitty jobs, factory jobs like 
shoe factory, hat factory. I hated all those jobs, you know. Uh, so we were really pissed off. And then metal comes in, like the perfect music when you're pissed off. You know, it's like, this is great. This is what I need, you know. Uh, so for a third world kid, uh, stuff like, you know, Venom, Slayer, Discharge was like the best music in the world. You know, I could hear that all day long, all night long, you know. Um, so that's what I say. If he wouldn't die, we were about to move to Italy because he was a diplomat working for the embassy. And we we'll probably have a completely different life in Italy, you know. Who knows? Probably never had nothing to do with music. You know, that's, that's what I say is so crucial. His death was so crucial. It yeah. was like, it was huge. And it was also huge on my anger because it made me very angry that he died. And that I carry on all through the whole... A lot of the anger of Sepultura songs is from that, from not understanding and uh, rebelling against that, you know. Is that is that core to it? I mean, do you need? Do you feel like you need to feel that? Because I have a, I've, I've got a daughter, and I always worry about like you know the way I found metal sort of the, is sort of similar. Whether it's a hardship that I've had in my life, and that's what made me angry about it, and that's where I got it, and that was my release. But then I think about you know my kids, and I go well. Well, she's never angry about anything. How's she ever going to come over to this side? And obviously, uh, your kids are making metal. <laughs> so, I mean, do you ever think about like how that how that works with the uh, with the next generation? I mean, do you want to keep them happy or do you want to make them angry? You know, do we <laughs> healthy angry is good, right? You know, um, angry at the world in the <laughs> right, like like a lot of bullshit that's in the world. You know, there's a lot of uh, you know fucked up stuff going on in the world that we see, you know, wars and, uh, you know, rape and treatment of of, uh, citizens and slavery and stuff like that, you know, Um, which I think is all right to to get angry at that. I think that's good, you know, people should should get mad at that, those kind of stuff. Uh, I wrote some of it in in early mid-Sepultura, Career was a more political. Chaos AD was a very political album. You know, we were touching a lot of political subjects like riots and stand up for yourself type thing. You know, and um, stuff like propaganda and territory war for territory, which is a song that was really about everything. It was about as much as Israel against Palestine, um, or like. Um, LA gang warfare or Brazilian favela against cops it's all about territory you know and uh, yeah you know so I think uh, I don't know if, if, if my kids I read some of my kids lyrics they feel kind of angry I think especially Igor is the youngest one because he has diabetes since he was two I mean that's that's a source of anger right there you know, he got that. I don't know why. Nobody knows why he has it. So he has to have shots every day, finger pokes. That shit sucks. You know, he always. It was it was always hard to watch him doing that and go through that. But it was it's for his own good. You know, so I think a lot of his anger comes from that, and that's natural anger. That's that's a real anger. You know, that's understandable to have. That's you the know. anger you can have too, though. I mean, to yeah. have a three-year-old kid and you're sticking him with a needle every day—that's yeah. that's really hard. And he had a couple episodes where he uh, 
you know, I went into diabetic coma. We had to take him to the hospital. There was a time I was actually doing uh, some kind of spoken word similar to this in uh, uh, Manchester. And uh, it was like half an hour before I went on stage. He had a diabetic coma. I had to go to the hospital, postpone the thing for like two hours later. Everybody was cool, you know, everybody understand it. And, uh, you know, I came back two hours later and, and finished the thing. But it was hard, you know. But some something good also came out of it. You know, we have the, the Iggy Diabetes Fund in Phoenix that's doing really good. Uh, buying a lot of supplies, medical supplies for especially families that can afford it. And that's been going on since he was three years old. I go to the hospital sometimes, visit. A lot of diabetic kids are metal fans, so I like to go there and talk to them. It's really cool, man. You know, it's like it doesn't, it doesn't cost anything to do, and it makes you feel good. You know, it's like it's, it's a cool thing to do. Uh, and I, I like talking to them, and, and uh, it's funny because they all rebel against it. They all hate, the, you know, the, the needles and all that shit, you know. They all, but they have to do it, you know. It's like part of life. Uh, so, yeah, you know. How but do you know then what you, have, then you have Rich's lyrics. Rich is my stepson, and he's is really. I was talking to my wife the other day. Like, he had a real good life, and we treated him really good. Why is he so mad? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. It's like so. It's like they they gotta be. Like, they what, get, what, pretty, what, what did we do wrong? Good, right? You know. <laughs> yeah. But it's. I think that's metal. You know. It's yeah, like right. it's gotta be what it is. You know. Yeah. The metal gets that out of you somehow. You know and. You know, I, my whole life I, I use metal as a weapon, man. You know, it's it, I still, even today, you know, because you're more popular and considered a legend, uh, that does not stop you from still thinking about things and using m- music and metal as a weapon. I still do, you know. And a shield, uh, I imagine. Exactly, yeah. It's for everything, you know. Uh, I listen to it to when I want to get pumped up for a show. I put some Aeon on and... You know, some some genocide pact, and I, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready to go out there and and then uh, destroy. You know, so we use music for all kinds of, of um, uh, influence and inspiration. I think it's great. You know, and I met a bunch of people. I've been doing the meeting greets after the show. It's been really good on this tour. We had an average of fifteen to twenty people. And there was a couple of very heavy ones. There was a guy that served in Iraq, and he just burst out in tears in a buzz, man. It was like, it was heavy, you know. It was like, wow. And he said that pretty much Soulfly and Sepultura saved his life in Iraq, having that, that in his headphones. And that was like his companion, you know. Nobody on, on his uh, group liked metal. He was like lone wolf, you know. Uh-huh. And he survived with that, man. It was, so, it was like... I couldn't imagine, you know, serving in a war like that and being in, in those places and having music being your your motivation to stay alive. That's kick-ass. You know, it keeps, you, it keeps your feet on the ground. It's, it's your ride the lightning. You know? Yeah, so it was like hearing a story like that, it was heavy but cool, knowing that my music can do that, yeah. has that power. Because when I'm writing, I, I'm not really thinking about that. You're just writing because you want to write a kick-ass tune. You know, you want to write a good song, uh, you know, with, with pretty cool lyrics that make people think. You know, that's what my brother once told me. He really likes the way I, I write lyrics because he, he thinks I make people think about subjects, you know, whatever it is, you know. 
it becomes harder the older you get. It becomes harder to find <laughs> new stuff. That's why I, I, I uh, last album I went to the Bible for rescue, you know, and, uh, Old so, Testament. Always some good stuff in there. Old exactly. Testament is great, right? <laughs> so dark and fucked up. It's got a bunch of good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lot of opportunity to burn stuff down, and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, then, but then, but then on the new record, you got you know like live life hard and. Uh, and we sold our souls. I mean, that's that's more like kind of uplifting or anthematic. You know, it's got yeah. It, it's kind of the uh, the flip side of that. Instead of being angry about something, it's sort of it, it just being positive about about Proud. the music too. At the same time, the power that's a, that you possess. Yeah, it's, it's almost like it's about uh, empowered and proud of being metal. You know, it's like uh, I'm metal and I'm proud. And if you don't like it, fuck you. You know, this is the way I like, this is the way I live. For me, metal is not, um, it's a lifestyle, man. You know, I'm, I'm, you metal 24 hours, you know. Um, I take pride on, on wearing my metal shirts. And, and people give me bad looks in the airport. I, yeah, I, I kind of like that, you know. It's kind of cool. It's like, yeah, society still don't get it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> give me more of that. <laughs> but you must get recognized every once in a while. Uh, yeah, you must. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's cool, man. You know, it's it's real fun. You know, we take pictures and it's 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 cool because it's it's a little bit like like Gloria say, the 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 metal community is the biggest tribe in the world. You know, and uh, so when we see somebody else from like in an airport, see a metalhead, you always nod, you know, or something, you know, and so, some of them end up recognizing me, you know, and. Uh, um, it's been a couple of times that, that they didn't. Uh, it happened like the other day, like last week. Uh, there was a guy in a wheelchair, and Gloria's like, go say hi to him. And I was like, all right. So I go outside, and I, I say hi to him. I give him a hug, and uh, he's looking at me. He's like, who you came here to see? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, no, I'm playing. Uh, no, no, you, you're one of the fans. And like, no, I'm Max. So like, oh, shit. You're Max. God damn it. You know, take a picture, but he didn't recognize me at all. It was weird, you know. But it happens, you know. But uh, most of the time, I'm very happy to, to take a picture and chat about metal. You know, I like, to, I like to ask the fans what their favorite song, what they like, what they didn't like, you know. And it's cool to have some brutal honesty sometimes, you know. Like some guys will be like, I don't like that, you know. You stop playing the guitar in the end of that song, you know. <laughs> and metal fans will tell you too, right? They, 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 don't, tell, they, don't, they don't pull don't, the punches on that. Dude, it, on we'll a, brutal, brutal. brutal. Damn East uh, Germans, yeah. Brutal, brutal <laughs> honesty, you know, it's, it's great. But it helps you, you become better too, you know. Yeah. Uh, you've got... Igor back in your life, your brother, and that phone call where he came and said, what was that phone call? I mean, that must have been bolt out of blue when he said, let's talk. And what was your initial reaction? Did, it, did your initial reaction to him calling change as that conversation went? Oh, yeah, it was, it was huge. I mean, mostly because he talked to Gloria first for a good hour. Wow. And, uh, and he told, told her was wrong what he did and was pretty much asking you know apologizing um and then he asked to talk to me and he's like i'm out of sepultura you know i I just want to be your brother again and uh you know i want to know your kids and i want you to know my kids and all this stuff you know and 
um, yeah, it was it was awesome. You when know? you realized was, he uh, was on the phone, did your just hair stand up on your arms? I mean, yeah, I freaked out, you know, because came without warning. <laughs> you know, I even joke with, with Gloria later, like, "You're lucky I didn't got a heart attack." You know, <laughs> that, that 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 that's cause for a heart attack right there. You know, yeah. But it was it was nice. You know, it, it felt good. And then when we met in the airport in Phoenix, it was killer. And uh, we did a, we had a Dana show to do and. He ended up playing two songs, uh, I think Roots and Refuse, and the crowd went nuts. And we formed Cavalera Conspiracy in the backstage. Uh, I, I totally lied to him. I said, I have a whole record uh, already with riffs. <laughs> I only had one song, you know. <laughs> but you got to bribe, you know, yeah, I had to bribe him, you know. So um, I played him Inflicted, which was going to be a Soulfly song. Yeah. And he loved it. He's like, Badass, fuck yeah, let's do it. And then it was really cool, man, the way we put Cavalera together because we wanna. It was actually Gloria's idea to call Joe from Gojira, which is a great idea, you know, because yeah. he's such a good guy and such a talented musician. Another uh, one of those bands that wouldn't amazing, exist. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. And he was really killer on on the first uh, Cavalera album. We uh, a lot of cool ideas, and it was it's a good guy to have with you yeah. making a record, you know. Um, so yeah, it's been really good, you know. So, but, uh, you know, that phone call was was definitely amazing. Yeah, can you think of like another a moment in your life that 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 hits like that? I mean, that well, because you know that that thing would drag for ten years without yeah, speaking. Yeah. You know, so it was like, who's gonna? Uh, how almost like the battle of wills? Who's gonna? Uh, Give up first, you know. <laughs> so, like, and so, so many times that I felt like I should call him, but. Nah, nah, I don't. I'm not ready, you know. Is your mom like, like what the hell's wrong with you two? Nah, man, she kind of stay out of it, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, she kind of like let let fate do, does his thing. She has this way about it. She knew. I think she kind of knew that we were gonna get back together at some point, but she didn't knew when, you know. Um, and so she just kind of let it let it happen naturally, you know. But uh, yeah, it was was really great, you know. It was really an amazing. Uh, phone call uh, and everything that happened after uh, everything that happened after that it's been really amazing with Cavalera and uh, everything I've been doing you know it's like uh, I'm nine years now sober you know I end up quitting everything I'm extreme you know I either do everything or don't do it all you know <laughs> so it's either I had two choices: move it, move it to heroin, or or don't do anything. So I was like, "All right, let's not do anything then. Let's quit everything." <laughs> and, and if uh, Al Jorgensen isn't going to convince you, to yeah, do it, yeah, then, you know, <laughs> Al told me no, so it's like I, I should listen to him. And uh, and it's been good. I've been very productive with Killer BQ, yeah. Caballero, Soulfly, the book. Almost too much shit, man. I have to slow yeah, down okay. now. You know? like, you can see the amount of work. notes I've got in that book. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's sick. Yeah, the book was very interesting. It was very... It seems like that almost informed this album more than just about anything. At least for me, just yeah. reading and listening to the two around the same time. Because that sort of... That, that passion you have for the music that came through but, in the but book. That, I think that was, the, uh, that was Joe's main question that he kept asking me is how does it few to have this passion, you know, and I, and I hope I, I try my best yeah. to explain how it is, because it's, it's kind of hard to explain, you yeah. know, it's, it's almost like, like spirituality, you know, I don't know how to explain spirituality to other people, the guy asked me that on a bus the other day, and I was 
silence. I, I didn't know how to tell him how it is, uh, how you find it, or it's 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 too trippy. You know, it's like you gotta find it yourself. And um, but the book is like I ask people because I don't. I, I still not sure. Um, I read it. I really like it. But I'm biased, you know, like I'm part of the story, so I'm supposed to like it, you know. <laughs> so I ask other people, do you guys read? One guy told me, I read it seven times. I'm going to read it for the eighth time, you know. It's like, cool, man. You know? So I think, I think we did all right, you know. We did, you know, all the stories are there. There's some funny shit, you know, puking on Eddie Vedder, pissing S- off Lemmy, you know. Setting yourself on uh, fire in front of Ozzy Osbourne. Right. All those are great, great, you know. Uh, disturbing rock moments of <laughs> of my career, but there's also a lot of tragedy and there's a lot of heartbreak and there's a lot of hard work and all that had to you know to be put in 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 one book. I think Joe did a really good job and yeah. and uh, you know I think it, by the end what I'm what I was hoping for the book would be more inspirational than anything else for a kid that's sitting at home reading that pick up a guitar start a band. Be the next Max Cavalera. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that would be like that power for, for that kind of uh, inspiration. That's awesome. It must be something special to be, to go from having your heroes on a wall and then knowing that you now unequivocally are a hero on, on millions of walls. Well. Yeah, 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 it's a trip. But like I said, like once you have that, you want something else. You what, know? what do you want now? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I, you know, it's, it's kind nice of. Nice 401k. It's, it's, <laughs> right. Um, I always thought it would be really cool, um, you know, to, to uh, there, there's a couple things, you know. One of them is to do a full-on Brazilian record with all Brazilian instruments and really, really um, based in the Brazilian roots, more than even roots, you know, like even beyond anything, just go down there for a whole year, especially the north of Brazil, which has, like, amazing rhythms and stuff, and do something like that will be it's kind of in my bucket list uh i would love to bring a lot of my favorite bands uh on tour more than ever you know hopefully uh keep doing this kind of packages that we are doing right now i love this the soil work package and the crowbar package you know the more of that the better man it's so killer i love it you know and i think it gives the people a night of of metal hours and hours of metal that they really enjoy it you know so i want to i want to do more of that and i'm gonna try to tour uh, a lot uh, for archangel next year as far as like the big ass dreams that are not here yet i would love to do a, a tour of soccer stadiums you know like like i wish we were as big as you too or or metallica metallica can probably do that you know but we're not there yet you know, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it never happens. Um, but hey, maybe it's just like the, in the book where you build a stage expecting 5,000 to show up and 50,000 in front of you instead. Right. You never know. You never know. It comes from nowhere. Um, sometimes surprises you, you know, like the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing came out of nowhere and the, the Sepultura book is there now. And they invited us there like last week. And they say we're part of their family. You know, I never thought I was going to hear those words from those guys. You know, it's like it's mind blowing, you know, but it is there. And it's like it came out of nowhere. So everything is possible, you know, and uh, if if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, you know, I'm pretty content that from where I came from the little town in Brazil all the way, uh, you know, to 
what I make so far. It's been really good. Can't complain, you know. Sucks podcast today.
one from Abigail Williams right there. The Accuser came out uh, last week. It is awesome, man. Will, Wish, and Desire is the name of the song on the Metal Sucks podcast. I'm a fan. I've been a fan for a long time. So uh, what did you call it? You called it bl- bl- Black and Roll. Black and Roll? Yeah, because it sounds so much like, almost like, we were talking about the comparison to Death Heaven earlier before. Yeah, because uh, it's kind of major chord. It's got, yeah. yeah, yeah, and got that sort of rock and roll vibe to it. Yeah. You know, a little less dynamic as you said yeah but, you know, no other than that less yeah. of that sort of shoegazy wash of guitar and more like just the chunky rock yeah. guitar yeah it's good stuff right there yeah. man i i'm in i'm totally in bro so look for the accuser it is out man um this episode of metal sucks brought to you by black sabbath the end tour now it ends the final tour by the greatest metal band of all time black sabbath Ozzy Osbourne, Tony Iommi, Geezer Butley, Geezer Butler, there Butley, <laughs> close out the final chapter in the uh, final volume of the incredible Black Sabbath story. For full dates and ticket information, visit LiveNation.com. We're also brought to you by Creative Live. They've got classes in engineering, mixing, and mastering taught by artists like Between the Bear to Me, Converge, Periphery, Dillinger. Head over to CreativeLive.com slash audio. Learn more. Watch some free videos and learn yourself something. God damn it. Uh, there's going to be a cool one that they got coming up. We talked about it at the top of the show, the Fix It in the Mix show with uh, Kurt Ballou. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be coming up November 24th. I think that's like a Tuesday or something. Right, but it's like out. it's Thanksgiving week. So if you're an American, you might get the week off anyway. Possibly. It's yeah. getting more common to have that week off. Yeah. So that, but it's it looks like a cool class because I don't know. I can't tell you how many people I know that have recorded their shit in their garage and then send it off for like quote unquote mastering, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yep. The 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 people at the mastering place go, yeah, we're just gonna put this together and give it to them. Right. And then they all bitch about, oh, it's all mastered terribly. It's like, no, oh. it's kind of recorded shit. It's like if you're just like a, a music nut and not even a musician, you could like make a career out of fixing other band stuff totally. before it goes to mastering well i mean could you i i, I know some of the, the bands that kurt blue has worked with and they are some noisy shitty sounding bands as far as like they're just raw oh, it's noise yeah and then he's able to kind of create this like somehow be able to pull it all down and put it together in a way that like makes it sound awesome and i have no idea how that dude can do it can and i he, do my kurt blue per- impersonation okay go for it uh, yeah, guys, uh, sounded great. Uh, can we go home now? Because <laughs> he's like, I'll fix it later, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's good times. Now, in the uh, back half of this episode, we wanted to talk about uh, Huntress. And we hadn't talked about Huntress for a while, right? It's been, we might have never talked to him as long as we've been on Metal Sucks. Uh, well, we talked to... What, did we, was it the... I think it was when we were still doing Visions. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a while since we've actually brought up Huntress for any any particular reason. Well, there's this, nothing really to talk about, is well, there? except for this week. <laughs> this week has been an amazing week for uh, for, for Huntress, um, however you count it, whether it's the fact that uh, Jill Janice quit the band, then... Unequivocally quit the band. Yeah, then the band says that... The band is still together, and she didn't quit the band. Because she's crazy. Like, not not just said, didn't say that the band was still together, and that we're still going to do the tour. Said that, no, she's still in the band. Uh, we don't know what's going on with her, but she's still in the band. Yeah. And then <laughs> she comes back and says, I don't know how I was misconstrued. I'm still in the band. Oh, right. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's like your post said that this is the do, end. Do you have the original? Uh, hang on. Because like the, the, the first two words of the whole thing are... The end. The end. I know. Hold. Stop right there. Oh, sorry. So, like, like, what could <laughs> yeah. you possibly right. be trying to say there when you start a post with the, the end. end? I know. 
It's a, and do I want to read the whole thing? I don't know. If I, I will continue. I'll, I'll go to the end here. Uh, I will continue to create music on my terms. Fuck the meaningless noise and trolls. My way forever. Suck it. Done. That's how that post ends from her on Facebook. That sounds like an angry I quit. And I, you know what? I think it says I'm angry and I quit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, pretty much, right? I yeah. mean, and and I know that she's got some problems with um, her psychology, so some mental illness stuff that's and going on. And she's going there. through a real battle with is it cancer? Yeah, because she had cancer. She had a hysterectomy. She had a, a, a bunch of other medical stuff that she had done that that is totally devastating, not only to your body but also your mind as well. So if you have these tendencies already, then to kind of compound that with you know basically having your lady parts pulled out yeah you know that that can be really i've had that surgery like three times and every time it's so painful <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that yeah, i don't no. think that means what you think it means <laughs> i don't know but but you know what i'm saying i mean it really it can be unbelievably damaging psychologically to have your womb removed and she's know. probably on like a ton of meds right. that probably conflict in some way shape or form with the meds that she was already on well because a good friend of mine has had the same surgery not for the same reasons but 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 had the same surgery and then they put her on hormones because you're they take everything out basically and then they throw you on hormones which throws everything into a fucking you go all over the place because it's like here hey why don't we throw some estrogen on top of that and throw some testosterone on top of that and see what happens and then if you're bipolar schizophrenic on top of it it's like oh fuck it's just all you're all over the place you know so i can only imagine what was going through her mind when he when she posted this first thing but really i mean when you read that like when she reads that how could she not see how could she say that it was misconstrued? Yeah, no. You know, I don't, I don't. She could say that I said something that, and I meant to say something else, but I didn't present my ideas correctly. Yeah. That would be valid. Yeah. Right? But to say that people misunderstood that is kind of nutty. Now, the other sort of strange and weird and disappointing thing were some of the comments that people had made about it. And, oh, God, I'm really disappointed in our in, in metal fans sometimes. I really mm-hmm. am. Because, I mean, there, there's no sensitivity. One of the ones that got me, because uh, I think Rhombus posted a peanut gallery thing about it. And it was just. Rhombus is the man. I mean, like, it was just a just a smattering. The one that got me was where somebody said, basically, if this was a guy, you wouldn't have the same kind of coverage. You know, if this was if if it wasn't a beautiful woman, or if it wasn't, you wouldn't be covering her psychology the way that you're covering this. I think that's totally untrue. Uh, remember a guy named Justin Lowe oh, from the band yeah, After the Burial? Exactly. Do you remember the coverage of Justin Lowe before he disappeared? It was all like, oh my, I feel so bad. This poor guy, he's really going through something. Nobody knew what was going on exactly. Yeah, nobody had quite a handle on what was happening, but everybody was like this overly sympathetic thing to this guy who's going through this experience they're empathetic about it they feel so bad for him blah 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 blah. you know if if something were to happen to jill janice do you think she'd get the same kind of sympathy or empathy that 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 justin got now that he now that he has passed away you know and they discovered his body and whatever his battle with mental illness was beforehand do you think she's going to get that same kind of sympathy or they just you know i just can't stand the fact that they think there's a, sort of this duality of it. And it's like, no, this is actually a story. Yep. And there's actually something there. And if nothing else, she's got a problem. And that's it sucks for her. It really does. And, and if, for the band that's been built around her. Yeah. And if nothing else, she needs to get some real serious help. Yeah. And maybe that post was a cry for help in a way. 
you know, it's a, if you're trying to cut ties with the thing that you love the most and that, that maybe it's like you trying to stretch out and get something out of it, you know, some kind of response or some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of validation out of it or something. Yeah. But, you know, I just don't see how I, I think that we treat the mental illness that we see when it's this obvious. I think we treat it fairly. Yep. You know, overall, as far as metalheads are concerned. Now, I think, you know, the misogyny that goes along with it calling her a crazy bitch and all that shit it's like that yeah just stop that's not yeah it's totally not it's metal gate yeah just just stop just yep. fucking stop and it's not being a social justice warrior i don't give a fuck what you think about that shit because i know what that people cry about that all the time and they're like Man, you're just saying it because she's a woman it's like no that's fucking disrespectful you know it's, yeah it's i just, just you're want, being a shithead i just want it. talented people to be not only in but also attracted to being in this scene i don't care their gender yeah, no, exactly. And and then that's the well, granted, if they're hot, that helps. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it does. I would like I want more of them in there. I mean, this is the most uh misogynistic feminist statement I can make, right? Okay. <laughs> but oh boy. I want more uh, uh, talented, attractive people in this scene. And anything we can do to make people feel safe while I'm ogling is is good you know the people that attacked like her talent or the band or whatever fine that's fine too you know you can you can have that argument like you can say that hunter sucks or you can say whatever you don't like their music another time to do it but yeah yeah i mean that's that's all fair you know fine and good but you know I, i remember a time when people were talking shit about how shitty after the burial was too and suddenly when justin lowe winds up you know winds up dead they're like oh Oh, maybe we need to buy some records. How do yeah. we support you? What can right. we do? It's like, no, guys, come on. This is kind of everybody. Yeah. You know, and when you see somebody that is in the metal community and they're having trouble, and if you have an opportunity to help, you need to help or you need to say something. You know, like, you, I think it's just something that that we're just all fucking down on everything. And it's like, God, it drives me insane. Yeah. It really does. And, and then you got people, but I mean, then I mean, sarcasm and, and joking and all that shit, you know, whatever. I, I get that, right? You know, and I understand that argument from, from all that shit. But, but really, when you see somebody who's got some serious trouble, that's different. I mean, yep. you got to step away from the sarcasm and really, really approach this differently. It really, you really, really do. Yep. Because, you know, it's 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 scary. I mean, I battle with mental illness myself. You know, I. Yeah. I mean, uh, you put up with me this long. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, what would make you more this depressed? Pod, this podcast is you battling with mental illness. Do you think that the band should have been so open to say what it is that she's struggling with? But I mean, she, I haven't said, heard, it, she heard. said it in the same post, though. Yeah, that's true. You know, she said she basically, you know, said and talked about specifically the battle that she's having. I bipolar schizophrenia exactly and i think she even mentioned the hysterectomy in the first post too i I like think all of that stuff was mentioned in her first post that she posted there yeah you know and uh and then the flip side was somebody who said it was insensitive for rhombus to write something about how she they shouldn't let her have the keys to the kingdom like it shouldn't let her have the the posting rights on facebook (laughs) if that's the case so she's insane it's like well i know that that's not an entirely false statement in some respects it's like, yeah, and I, I did like his comeback as far as, um, yeah, you wouldn't give the crazy person at your job the, uh, the, the the Twitter handle. Yeah. You know, hey, go go post some shit on there and see right. what happens, you know? So it's but, like, uh, but man, I mean, Contras is getting more attention now than true. they have in, since they did their crowdfunding campaign. That is true. And I, and I mean, I think 
but for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. I mean, oh, absolutely, I mean, it's the wrong reasons selling albums. I mean, do you want to do you want to go out and see Huntress because you want to see them play music, or do you want to go out and see Huntress because uh, you think that she might have a mental breakdown on stage? Uh, yep. well i mean you know and and she is like i've talked to her before i've interviewed her before for my other for my radio show and she's a nice person she she really came off as a really nice person but no matter what you think about her music Mm -hmm. she's always seemed like a really cool at least the jill janice that you talked to was really nice and that's true and and that's totally true i mean that's that could be an up day versus a down day you know what i'm saying i mean that's that's how bipolar bipolar works that way you never know you know you just imagine being in the van you oh know? God! Yeah, no wonder they crowdfunded for a bus. You know, <laughs> <laughs> got to get her as far away from the rest of us as possible. Oh man! Oh God! Yeah, that, oh, I, I, you know, and she's probably the only one who's got an issue in the band because everybody else has got to be stable, right? They, they have to be just the most yeah. like patient. patient. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Either that, or you know, they're 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 you know they know how to buckle a <laughs> a straitjacket really really well. Oh, come on, man! Come on! Come on! <laughs> I don't know. Either way, I wish her the best. I really hope yeah. she gets some like actual help because, you know, I just don't want to see anybody in the metal scene wind up dead. You know, that was the worst case for Justin Lowe. Yes. The worst case scenario was, you know, his friends, his people that are his family could not could not help him. Like there was nothing they could do. And that's so hard, yeah. you know, to kind of see it and still you know have it be out of reach yep and you know that sucks and i hope somebody can reach her and kind of make this you know pull her back in yep because that's you know it's just a dangerous place to be especially when you're that you're that close to the edge you know and it just keeps looking like it's getting closer and closer and closer so really jill if you listen to the show <laughs> get better you yeah know, get you know get better hey jill, jill episode 200 is going to be awesome <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, because that way she wants to stick around for. Oh, yeah, okay. uh, yeah. All right. Like, well, least, I see what you're doing. At okay. least, you know, what, 80 more episodes or so, you know? <laughs> and then episode 200 happens, and then she's like, God damn it, that sucked. <laughs> this is what I waited for all this time? Oh, disappointment. <laughs> you know, being part of the suicide letter would really. Oh, that would really no, suck, no. you know? Yeah, that would suck. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, no. Oh, oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. All right, we got to wrap this thing up. I don't well, want to talk about it anymore. No, yeah, no. Well, but but seriously, like, uh, you know, it's a weird thing. Like, do you, you know, if if she, if she needs to simplify her life in order to survive, maybe leaving the band is a good component of that. But at the same time, being a, abandoned by your friends, abandoned by your band, abandoned by your womb. I mean, it's that's like that's a lot of loss to uh, happen yeah. in a very short amount of time. So maybe doing those shows at the end of December, that is the right thing to do. It'd be great if it were, I don't know. if it were a victory lap, you know? Well, it could be, or I mean, you know, it, it depends. I mean, and that depends on how everybody, because de- everybody deals with something different. You know, some people, when they deal with grief, they want to go back to work. The first yeah. thing they want to do is, is they can't, they got to get their mind off of it. So it's try to get back to some kind of normal. And if normal for her is touring and getting back out on the road, then that's one thing. But really, I mean... I don't know. Is if you're unstable or having trouble, I don't know if that's the best place for her to be. You know what I mean? It's a, but that's not a judgment for any of anybody to make, but other than totally. her. But you it, know, just like you know, Randy coming out of the Czech jail. I mean, everybody brace yourselves. The lyrics are going to be awesome. Yeah. Same thing here. I mean, is it a double album? <laughs> well, I mean, sorry, yeah, well, it's a bipolar joke. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> one's all major chord, one's all minor yeah, chord. I was trying to be so sensitive. It's really hard yeah, for me. What can I tell yeah, you? I no, but really, I do care for Jill Janis and, and this band. I really want them to survive. I want them to achieve. I want them to succeed. And I hope that that uh, just like everybody else, except for the trolls, that you know she's gonna she's gonna end up doing good things and even the trolls man sometimes they're just trying to be funny and it's not very funny <laughs> sounds familiar yeah <laughs> part for the course man i'm gonna gonna used to it by now speaking of which let's wrap this damn thing up man uh, thank you for uh, tuning into another episode of the mental sucks podcast make sure that you're subscribed on itunes that way you get the next episode right on your device whether it's an iPod or whatever, iTunes.com slash, or wait, Church Metal Sucks Podcast. There yeah. you go. That's probably a better way to do it. Don't forget, ChuckAndGodless.com. Ah, Patreon. Yes, thank you, everybody who's been supporting us there. That You guys are, along with like Come and Take a Productions and, and, and Max Cavalier, who made uh, the uh, uh, the interview live interview with Max possible. So yeah, we're very we grateful for that. Thank it. you. Indeed. So make sure you check out ChuckAndGodless.com. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. I am at BeardedApe. I'm at Godless Speaks. So find us there. Maybe uh, go to metalsucks.net every single Monday. That's where you can find us, post this thing live, uh, and uh, you get it right there. You can leave us a message. You can leave us a comment. You can uh, check out all those details, and also uh, make sure you click on the links for audible.com because uh, if you go there, you can get yourself a free audiobook of your choice if you go to audible.com slash metal and uh, you can try out a free 30-day trial courtesy of the Metal Sucks Podcast. So thank you to them for uh, supporting us. Until next week, I am Chuck. I'm Godless. And this is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Mm-hmm.